Welcome to the Grub Club Podcast. That'd be G-H-R-U-B dot com. That'd be grapes, hops, raw, unedited banter. Hey, Bob. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm just doing peachy. Hey, what are we going to drink tonight? Oh, we're going to drink a little Viognier. But you know who we got with us? Who? We got Matt the Mailman. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> and Brendan, our audio guy. Hello. Awesome, awesome. We're going to review a Viognier tonight, huh? Which one we got? We got Toasted Head 2008 Viognier from California. It says it's barrel-aged. It does. I really like the label. I like the uh, bear in the fire. It looks good. Yep. Bottle presentation's nice. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Viognier first, though. Huh? Sure, absolutely. All right. The origin of the Viognier grape, did you know, is unknown. What? It's unknown. Yeah. It's only presumed to be an ancient grape. And some have hypothesized that it may have originated in Dalmatia and was brought to the Rhone by the Romans. Can you believe that? No, where's the Dalmatia? Romans drinking. Dalmatia? It's on the Dalmatian coast. <laughs> it's that? next to the dogs with the spots. <laughs> <laughs> so the origin of the name Viognier is also obscure. The most common namesake is the French city of Vienna, which was a major Roman outpost. Another legend has it drawing its name from the Roman pronunciation of Guiana, meaning the road to hell. Probably this is an allusion to the difficulty of growing this grape. Why'd you pick Viognier again? You know, we've already done this grape. I don't know why you keep on talking about it. I don't know. You and Michelle did this one review while I was in Afghanistan two years ago, I guess. No, wait a minute, Bob. I just reviewed it. Did you say the French city of Vienna? It said the French city of Vienna, but... No, there was one. Sure there is. I thought it was in Austria. Well, I'm sure there's a Vienna in Austria, but there's probably a Vienna in... You know. Every country. Yeah. Well, yeah, questioning the postman. We'll get the we'll get the <laughs> we'll get MapQuest out and figure it out. <laughs> uh oh, need a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and pick up the iPhone. Here we go. More research. So basically, um, uh, the only thing that most of the research says is it doesn't know where it comes from. It's a it's a really hard grope to grope to gray grape to grow. Uh, and <laughs> grape to grope. <laughs> grape to grope. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, <laughs> and you go to jail. Uh, but it says that it's a really hard gro- grape to grow uh, because it's prone to powdery mildew. Powdery mildew. It also has low and unpredictable yields, and should be picked only when fully ripe. If it picks too early, the grape uh, fails to develop the full extent of the aromas and tastes. <laughs> Sorry. So, what do you think it's got? What? Taste-wise. I don't know. I haven't tasted it yet. Taste it. Well, so I wanted to talk about Virginia and Viognier. They, you know, it's one of the grapes that, uh, that Virginia is really well known for, uh, obviously, you know. I actually like most every Viognier that's grown in Virginia. And Absolutely. Produced in Vien- I, mean, I think it's the best wine Virginia makes. It does. Our, our clay, our soil, our terroir is made for this grape. I don't know what, what makes it good. I don't know if it's the acid in the soil or perhaps some of the clay composition, but this is the, one of the things that Virginia actually does very well. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's go through the tasting here. We're going to start with the smell. Definitely. The nose and aroma. What do you see? What do you smell? Give me a second. Hey. I'm coughing. He's coughing. He's got a he frog a in his throat, and all it knows is melancholy <laughs> baby. I have Piper's cough. <laughs> Offers pipe. <laughs> oh. All right, let, so All let's right. Uh, let's swirl it around and give it a smell. So definitely grapefruit. So I can tell without even reading the literature, and which I haven't done yet, 
is that this is a stainless steel aged wine. Except that it says um, barrel aged. Barrel aged. It says ba- barrel, but I bet it's stainless steel. Right. I, I, I'm just saying because <laughs> there's stainless steel in it. I'm telling you. Hey, ah, let's see here. Did yeah, you let me go through the winemaking thing, and right in the middle of the paragraph is this juice is fermented in 50% stainless steel and 50% in French oak barrels. I can always smell and taste the stainless I, steel. I agree with the steel taste. So good aromas, definitely melon, grapefruit. You know, it's clean, it's crisp. It's got a great smell. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure it has the same smell as Virginia. You know, Virginia has a sweeter smell on it. Um, this definitely doesn't have that. I, I get, uh, you know, I, I do get the melons, but I don't get anything sweet out of it like I'm used to for Viognier. Yeah, me too. And I, uh, I just, you know, it's very heavy in the grapefruit, drier uh, type of wine than Virginia has. Right. And um, not being a fan of grapefruit, uh, I can tell that this will pucker my uh, lips hair factor. Yeah, and so if you think about, you know, we, we don't have very good Cab Sav here in Virginia. We obviously have much better Viognier here, you know, but they definitely get... Oh, we're not tasting yet, sorry. <laughs> always always slurping something. <laughs> so, definitely the terroir from California to Virginia is easy to tell when you compare this side-by-side side with something like Cab Sav and Viognier. I agree. So, this one, let's, let's uh, read a little bit about this one. It says, um, the grapes... For the Toasted Viognier are sourced entirely from the vineyards in Dunnigan Hills of Yolo County. I don't know where Yolo County is in California, but the 15-year-old vines thrive on arid rolling hills composed of thin clay, loam soils, providing an ideal Mediterranean-like climate for the vines, producing grapes with heavily concentrated flavor. I get that. Yep. I mean, you get that right off the smell. Yep. Um, also outlines that the grapes are all hand-picked. And night harvested, uh, then whole cluster pressed in order to optimize the freshness of the Viognier grape, to reduce skin contact time with juice, which cannot, uh, which can impart some of the bitterness. I can smell the bitterness in this yeah. wine, though. Yeah, it's harsh. It's a harsh smell. And again, it's 50% fermented in stainless steel and 50% in oak barrels uh, for five months. And as the wine is aged. Um, it lays on the uh, on the yeast in the barrel. And it's hand stirred every two weeks and enhances the mouth and feel and adds to the complexity. I, d- I do have to admit that it you know I, I can actually smell the stainless steel too. I hate to admit that you're right any time, but you know especially <laughs> especially at a wine podcast, I beer know, man. I know, I know. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll keep going. <laughs> All right, taste her up. All right. For a white, it's got pretty good legs, though. Holds to the glass well. Wow, so big acid notes. Very. I'm, uh, it's puckery. Yeah, for a Viognier, I'm really quite surprised at, uh, at how much acid there is in it. It actually seems to be off balance from what I'm traditionally used for for a Virginia Viognier. Right, maybe that's just because we like sweeter wines, whites, than dry. Well, I'm not. I mean, yeah, I like the sweet wines, obviously. Yeah. You know, I'm the pork guy. Anything with sugar in it tastes good to me. So I like it, but I think there's a lot of grapefruit flavors that come out, and that's just overpowering to me. I think it's closer to something like Sauvignon Blanc than it is to Viognier, at least in my mind. And maybe that's my Virginia crappy palate. <laughs> I mean, it could be, right? <laughs> it like, we, be. we do a whole bunch of things here in Virginia that's, uh, 
That's a little unusual. Could it be a bad bottle? I mean, I don't taste any off flavors. Like, there's nothing... Because I'm just starting to scan through what the winemaker's notes are, and it says the nose entices with mango and uh, lychee fruit, floral aromas of orange blossom, candy, ginger, and honey. Uh, the brilliant pale yellow color prepares the palate for concentrated apricot preserves and lychee fruit, which dominates up front and is followed by a round, uh, followed by a round mouth feel. The wine finishes with a crisp hint of vanilla and lingering orange zest. The wine is best paired with Caribbean grilled fish and Thai food, especially dishes with lemongrass. I tell you, I, I, I think this is really acidy. Maybe it's a bad bottle. It doesn't sound like anything in that description to me. No, absolutely not. It, uh, it kind of lacks appeal, actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I I'm was disappointed in, in the Viognier. Yeah, for a Viognier. Like, if I was drinking a Sauvignon Blanc, like I said, I think this would be, you know, all those good descriptions, clear, crisp, you know, precise is probably a bad word to describe a wine, but... Like, you feel like you're drinking that preciseness. And it, it, it actually feels measured. Like, all the, you know, all the scientific stuff about wine was set up, and then they started, you know, adjusting and readjusting numbers. That's actually what it tastes like. To make sure that it was in the right category, rather than just let the grape define the wine, that's really what it tastes like to me. I, I, I agree wholly. I'm yeah. glad you said scientific and numbers, because we have a scientific numbering scale for how we rate our wines. We do? We do. It's called zero through five, and it's the grub points explanation. The that grub go points through. explanation. The grub points. That's right. So you. Hey, Bob. You know, usually we would uh, we would then pair this wine with food, but I'm not sure this wine deserves to be paired with food. I I'm not comfortable. I mean, I don't like the wine, so why would I pair it with food? I'm I'm not sure I would drink this bottle at a table. I think I'd actually send it back. I think I actually would as well. I have, uh, you know, we've got some great homemade cheese here and some sausage, and uh, you know, it does not accent. Uh, either of those at all, even no. the crackers and the and the baguette that we have. Uh, I, so I, I think we need to rate it on our grub point scale or grub rating system uh, so that you can properly get the, the gist of what we're talking about. So. I just think it sucks. Is there an it sucks category? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it. I'll, I'll go through our, our rating. We'll start with our zero rating, which is tasteless. Turn it into vinegar. <laughs> We've, uh, this is close. Uh, you never know. One, barely, barely consumable after four glasses of double D. You'll learn what double D is in a second. And we uh, outline the number one as you should never purchase this wine. Uh, number two, palatable after you have drank two glasses of double D. Again, double D will be next. This wine may be purchased if you are short of cash, but more likely this was given to you by a friend. <laughs> Thanks, Randy, <laughs> for bringing I it. I did buy it for, it was $13.50. Really? That's yeah. pretty expensive for this. No, one, it is. I think. It is? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then our, our grub number three here is the the Double D. The double D. The Daily Drinker. <laughs> this one is just a, an affordable, great flavors. You will never get tired of this wine. A Daily Drinker, uh, just as it is. So, Number four, great wine. The wine you want to drink when celebrating special occasions. Put a little extra money out if you have to. And then number five, orgasmic wine. You want to drink this whenever you can afford it, or even better, at someone else's house. <laughs> I love it. Great scale. It is a great scale. So um, are we counting so's? So, uh, <laughs> hey, 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 that's my key category. Right. I'm right. now the um guy. Um. Are you the um guy now? <laughs> you forgot the so. So we need to rate this wine. Go, go give, give us your best shot here. Okay, best shot? One. That's my rating. 
I, this wine sucks. I I would have to uh, agree with that rating. I was actually thinking, it, but it's not tasteless. That's the problem with our right. zero rating. Yeah, tasteless turned it into beginner. It's not yeah. tasteless, and you know, if I went over to somebody's house and they put this out. I pleasantly drink it just because they were serving it to me. Right, and then yeah. stop at a restaurant on the way home and rinse my mouth out with right. water. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think this is a solid one. <clears throat> solid one. All right, so there's a couple other people in the room. Let's introduce you. You already met Matt the Mailman. He's actually drinking with us. Go ahead, Matt. I uh, tend uh, to agree that it is a one also. Uh, again, it's uh, I don't know if I can go to a zero because I can always figure out some way to drink wine. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, you know, it's that, you know, yeah, you think of the starving children overseas, you know, and can I really pour the wine out? No. Oh, whoa, whoa. I didn't say pour it out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, right. no, number one is barely consumable. It's right. still consumable. That's hey, right. can you pass me the bottle? <laughs> of course, as we're saying that it's a one, the bottle is almost gone between five of us. We've also been joined by John. So, John, you want to uh, give it a rating? I would give it a 1.5, actually. Whoa, oh, stop. Just yes. go back. Uh-oh. Go back. Look oh, at I the think... rating scale. Uh, there's no half scale. There's no oh, half scale. Oh, it, half you scale. decide here. We decide. We make decisions. Right, right. Well, I just yeah. came from work, so what? we don't make any decisions. <laughs> so I'm so used to that. <laughs> we're not looking for quantitative analysis not, of or, the process. Or consensus. Be, be your own guy. I would oh, give. We're okay with rounding down, <laughs> right? Or up. I mean, let him choose. Well, I not, mean, he can choose between not, zero and one. Not being a white fan, it's uh. I would that would be it, white wine. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification there. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna round up and go with two. Two. Yes. Not being a white fan. <clears throat> wow. We might have to ostracize him from this right <laughs> podcast thing. I don't know. Note to self: No more invites. <laughs> Now our our uh, I believe our audio guy Brendan has uh, uh, has tasted it. So Brendan, audio technical specialist, Brendan the board guy. <laughs> oh, I uh, like it. The board man. <laughs> um, I would go with John as well. I'm going to give it a two, and uh, for a few reasons, uh, I am a big Virginia Viognier fan. Uh, this is nowhere in the same ballpark, um, but I will tell you. I'd pay six and a half to nine more dollars for a bottle of Viognier in Virginia. So for thirteen fifty, if it gets my wife uh, going, hey, I'm all for it. I'll give it a two. <laughs> all right. So you're actually having a, a, a good argument for that two. <laughs> good, solid, not based on the wine at right. all. <laughs> right. Well, I like it. Who cares about the wine? Right. What? <laughs> what wine? <laughs> You've got mail, baby, yeah. So, Bob, you know, after selling the store, this is the part of the podcast where we usually give something away, but this week we have a special gift for people. And what would that be, Randy? An autographed picture of you and I. Awesome. I think we are going to get a million emails asking for this, (laughs) but we are only going to give it to person number 532. 532. 532. Awesome. Great. That, that would be email or at the, uh, the, the, the 532nd person to follow the Twitter account we're establishing. Oh, 532nd person on Twitter, definitely. Sure. Autograph poster by myself, Randy, the wine guy. And Bob, me, the beer man. Perfect. Okay. Well, actually, we do have something. We have a, a letter here from Gretchen from Sebulveda. And uh, she says, love you guys, but I want to know, what does Randy do for fun? 
That's kind of funny. Because I'm not sure if it's fun for him yet, but uh, he happened to just buy a motorcycle. I did just buy a motorcycle. <laughs> and that's scary. And that is fun. <laughs> no, it's scary, too. Yeah. But it is fun. But don't drink and drive. Right, absolutely Because especially not. if you're drinking wine after the podcast like this, you might tip over. <laughs> I don't think I could even get it off the kickstand. <laughs> well, that's not what I saw from the little dent in your in your speedometer. You well, fell right down in your garage or something. That was the first four hours of ownership. Imagine what another six months that beast is going to look like. Oh, goodness. So really, what do I do for fun? I actually run a, uh, a small wine club. It's called the Grub Club, the real Grub Club, not the podcast. But uh, we, uh, we make wine. Last year, we did um, Cab Sav. We did about... 2.5 tons, 2.5 tons, nope, that's wrong, 2,800 pounds approximately of Cab Sav last year. This year we're planning on doing about 4.5 tons. Uh, there's about 23 people involved, and it keeps me really busy and really hectic. 4.5 tons? 7,000 pounds of yeah. grape? T with a ton. Ton, uh, four, five, eight, eight, 9,000 pounds of grapes. Uh, you bought them all, didn't you? 9.25, Yeah, four I'm, point, it's about... Well, that's three not tons. That's three, <laughs> so tons. three tons. Randy is not a mathematician, <sighs> and well, you know, you know, I've never I, when, been when, when we owned numbers. The, <laughs> I know, but when we when we did own the store, I think I did most of the banking, <laughs> which was probably a good thing. Hey, I only made the money; I didn't count it. Right, that I know. <laughs> so that's what I do for fun. If uh, if you'd like to send me an email about homemade winemaking, send it to uh, Randy at grub dot com, and I'll be happy to respond. So instead of sending me an email, you know, you can send me a Twitter tweet. Tweet. Tweet, Twitter? Tweetily D. A tweet at, uh, at Grub. G-H-R-U-B. So what are we doing uh, next week? Next, uh, next week we're doing uh, a white Zinfandel made by, uh, made by our... Does it come in a box? Brendan the Board Mad took the time to make good Double. quality <laughs> wine. I'm sure that it's going to get more than a one or a two. Okay, really? Pressure. Pressure, so it's white Zinfandel. Yeah, it's not from coming a in a box. No, made from a kit. Made from a kit. Yeah, okay. it started in a box. Now it's in a bottle. Okay. So the winemaking process works, Bob. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll I'll organize the next one so we can actually drink something that's good. You remember that? <laughs> right? I'm sorry, Brennan. I'm, no offense. <laughs> hey, follow us at, at @grub on twitter.com. All right, we'll see you next week. And the more you drink, the more you learn. And boy, we have a lot to learn. Absolutely.